Hey friends, welcome to the first episode of my brand new podcast, Bronny Bothers. Why is it called Bronny Bothers? Who is Bronny? I'm Bronny, I'm a music man, singer-songwriter from Melbourne, Australia, um, and I bother about the music industry, and I bother some people with some questions that they may or may not want to answer. Um, the, the stance I usually get from people is, oh, you're a musician, so you don't do anything. So uh, you're, you're a lazy bum, hey? Well, no, I actually... You know, I dabble in marketing, I dabble in being a, an event organiser and booking and all the crap that no one else is going to do for me yet. Um, and, you know, it's hard. It's hard. You get to a show and there's 45 minutes on stage where suddenly it's worth it. And then you got to go home and it's... And then once again you're going, why do I do this? Why do I put myself through it? But, um, you know, there's a lot of highs as well and we're going to get to those. Um... I, uh, I have a lot of friends, and I have a lot of people who I've heard of, and I want to meet, and I want to talk to. It's all about networking. This may be another way for me to network, um, but I want to talk to as many people as I can about their experiences, what they've done in the music industry, funny touring stories, you know, who yelled penis the loudest in uh, the tour van, I don't know. Um, you know, just cool stories, and bad stories, and sad stories, and, you know, I'd like to get someone crying on here because they never made it. Um, I sounded really happy when I said that. Um, look, I just want to bother some people, and uh, I want to bother you, I want to, want to be in your ears as much as possible, whilst I'm not uh, releasing new music. You can get all my current music from bronnymusic.com, it's all free, um, but until then, you know, this can be in your ears, whilst I'm uh, filling, you know, this is my way of filling the void. Um, so... This is the first episode. I'm speaking to my dear friend, Jared Pedoto from The Statics, also owner of Fist to Face, um, a online merchandise store for bands. Um, so sit back, listen to me bother him, and let me bother you some more. From in in terms of this interview, are you uh, Jared from the Statics? Are you Jared from Fist to Face? Are you Jared um, from G Pop? Yeah, I'll, I'll happily be recognised from any of those, <laughs> but I uh, fear that I won't be from any. So yeah, if, if any of those uh, things sound familiar to anyone, that's that's a good thing by me. Because um, to me, you're like a an enigma wrapped in a rock star. Like, um, you're one of those guys that. You're the most organized fucking guy that I know when it when it comes to some things, but then but then uh, I'll be sitting there waiting for a for a, a time that you've specified for us to meet up to do something, and I'll be waiting forever. <laughs> like and, tonight. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, and then you know, and then like I I've been on tour with you before, and and everything is is uh you know is organized to a T. And uh, but then you'll throw a curveball and go and see a band forty minutes before we play, and uh, and we'll be at that at that gig until until it's time for us to actually be on stage thirty minutes away, and then uh, but then like you know, and I know you pretty personally, and uh, and then I can watch you on stage, and you you are the most carefree entertainer that I think is going around locally, and I just uh, I don't get like where do you draw the line in terms of like. This is right now. I have to be. I have to be on and mm. organized, and, and I have to delegate and tell people what to do. And sure. and then you suddenly you can switch off and go. All right, 
the show started, I'm a rock star. Oh, there's so many things of that I'd just love to talk about. And it's like, you know, when someone asks you a question and you think of 10 things yeah. you want to say. Well, man, just the, the, just the last one that, that just came to me at the end there, which is going to annoy me because I'm going to forget the other nine by the time I say it. But the thing about being able to just like sort of switch off really just sort of um, hit me then because I actually think that's, uh, I'll kind of be able to always kind of do that. But something I've really, um, really been able to do just a lot in the last sort of six to nine months I think and and um I don't know you kind of just I feel like I've just kind of gotten to a point where I've always really enjoyed myself on stage and sort of let loose a little bit but it's like you know you think of all the hours in the week that you spend either working or working on your music or booking gigs and doing all the things that you don't really want to do that you do obviously when you're a musician all you want to do is be playing and you think man I've got half an hour, you know, and you, say you might only be doing one gig a fortnight at that time or whatever. It's like, out of all those hours, you've only got half an hour to really truly enjoy yourself. And so, I've just made the absolute most of making that the fucking funnest, yeah. insanest half hour I can I can make, you know. So, um, and people, I think people I, really respond to that. You know? Yeah, I, I definitely notice that they do. And I don't think enough people realise that that is your chance to kind of be therapeutic and and get over the fact that this is really hard and you've, you've done heaps of work. You know, Definitely. Like. And it's also on the night too, there, bec- there comes that point because as a performer, I mean, you'd know this better than anyone. Like there's every gig, there's always something that's not going right or there's a bit of gear that's not working and you, and you can, you know, it's really easy to, to get wound up about that sort of stuff. And, and I do as much as the next person, but yeah, there obviously comes that point where you're like, okay, well, cool. Well, you know, shit always goes wrong. And, um, I'm not going to let it get in the in the way of a, of a great night. Like yeah. we did a gig the other night um, where we were going to borrow backline and then none of it was there. And then we were like just grabbing amps from just like wherever we could. And, and it was one of the funnest gigs we'd ever played. And, mm. and um, yeah, we're, it's the statics are in a funny, a really great spot where we've got these kind of like higher profile gigs that we are kind of doing where it's sort of like, you know, maybe supporting like a trial Kennedy or whatever. And like, you know, and it's sort of like, you know, like we play really well and we really enjoy ourselves, but we're also doing these gigs where we're just playing in like really small, really, really small pubs and just getting ridiculously loose and just having the time of our lives. And and it's about, I guess, now for us trying to get a bit of a, a balance between the two and like having that authority and sort of like professionalism at those bigger gigs, but not taking ourselves too seriously yeah, and still yeah. being able to sort of ignite a... Um, a crowd and and, um, and and not letting your craziness be too slapsticky as well is I guess a, a boundary that you have to try to definitely stay on top of definitely because um, one of the questions like that every musician hates and I hate I think I like I despise being asked but you know you'd never tell someone that you don't want to be asked the question mm. is like what do you sound like and um, <laughs> and like when I get asked I, I used to just say you know like you know I sound like whatever I don't care but I learnt long ago that Oh, not long ago, I learned pretty recently actually that like, if you if you're just gonna have a crap answer, like just have the same answer every time. Yeah. But uh, what's even worse than being asked? I can't bring myself to do that yet, though. I totally wholeheartedly agree with you. Yeah. Because I'm the same. I'm like every other musician. I hate that answer. And yep. then whenever I get asked it, I know that I should just be confidently saying we're a punk rock band, you know, yeah, yeah or yeah. whatever it is, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. just be really sort of like confident with it, even though you know that that doesn't really define you. Exactly. Or, you know, yep. But I still find myself being that kind of guy that goes. 
oh, we're kind of, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And yeah. you're like, oh, shit, I'm doing it again, I'm doing yeah. it again. Because I made a conscious decision to just say folk pop. You yeah. know, I'm a folk pop singer-songwriter. Awesome, yeah. Even though, I, you know, I feel like I have so many different areas I can sure. go into. But what's worse than being asked that question about yourself is being asked it about one of your friend's bands. And, <laughs> I, and I get asked so often what my friend's band aesthetics sound like. Yeah. And like... If if you've ever had trouble answering it for yourself, it's so bloody impossible to be like, uh, you know, because I don't know what your official mm. take is on on it is. But but the best thing that I came up with recently when I saw you play, a friend of mine um, came to see me, and you guys were on later, um, and he said, "Oh, what do they sound like?" And I said, "Well, let me not tell you what they sound like, but I'll just tell you it's the most rock and roll hour you're gonna see." <laughs> <laughs> you know this month and uh and you didn't let me down like you were on the stage on the bar that sorry, was that and, same gig wasn't it that we yeah. borrowed all like years so, yeah, yeah yeah and uh so you didn't let me down there and i think that's definitely something that you guys can um hang your hat on is the attitudes there like you got uh your drummer is is super you know enthusiastic and just definitely i've never seen a drummer you know ever in the local circuit mm. especially uh get the crowd so so imbibed by he, he's by the him. biggest frontman drummer I've exactly ever seen. and it's just about trying to keep him behind that drum kit and <laughs> not right. in front of a microphone as <laughs> the challenge for us no yeah. we love him he's so awesome and um yeah it's 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 funny like yeah it's like it's yeah the challenge for us is finding that authority as well because we're trying we've been watching back on a few videos from gigs lately as well and like we're really like we're like oh cool you know we're, we're not cringing and we're really enjoying watching this this is pretty mm. cool but we yeah it's because it is really high energy and stuff it's so easy to play really kind of like and because especially because we are always are supporting and we're always sort of like rushing and all that it's you know as in on the night and, and whatnot because you've only got your 20 minute set or whatever and then of course the main band sound check for too long so you've only got five minutes to set up we're always in that state of oh hey normal aesthetics and then oh shit and then the sound guy's yelling only one more song left and you've got three songs left you know yeah and it's our challenge to be like, you know, we're really trying to set ourselves up now to like, all right, cool. Even if we've only got 20 minutes, we've got to make it a really great, like composed 20 yep. minutes. Still punk rock, still fun and still high energy and stuff like that, but really have an authority over the stage and the audience and and not feel like we've got to rush it, like play it at a, at a really controlled um, kind of speed, which is easier said than done. And yeah, I think yeah. it's just, it's a mindset more than anything. And, and I think even just like, we just talked about that, like that was exactly the basis of a band meeting that we had like three weeks ago, like not even a month ago. Mm. And even just since then at rehearsal, I just feel like we've just stepped up like 30% kind of thing. It's yeah. incredible. And it's just from people just, it just being in the back of our minds. We're not like really super consciously thinking of it, but yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah. Have a mindset. And how often do you, because uh, uh, this is getting back to my organisation thing, how often do you guys meet for, uh, for like just a meeting, not a rehearsal? Yeah, uh, we meet we- weekly. Yeah, because yeah, so. that, that blows my mind. Like I've been in, in bands before I was solo and I never, ever had one band meeting ever. Yep. Unless it was like... Um, you know, well, you have a pizza at a, at a re- rehearsal or absolutely. something. Absolutely, yeah. Or like let's let's name the album, you know, or something like that. And, uh, and it, yeah, it's something that I re- really respect and, and I don't even see it that often in other, in other musicians that I know, like mm. it's, and, and you can tell as, as well, like, um, you know, like I'll get an email from another member of your band about something that obviously is their responsibility, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I, <laughs> George is going crazy. We're doing this with dogs in the room, everybody. <laughs> and George is losing his mind. <laughs> oh, this is so good. <laughs> Um, and yeah, so yeah, like, 
I think it's really something to commend you for is that your ability to find not only find good musicians but people who are like all in it together rather yeah, than Yeah, definitely, man. I'm I mean, sure you've had times. I don't know how much longer we'll be able to do that for. I mean, like, we're all lucky where, yeah, three of the four of Statics members, uh, yeah, can do that, you know, and, yeah. and have work where we can sort of work it around that, you know, but, um, yeah, it's 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 cool. Like it's not for every band, you know. No, but has um, it always been like that for you, or did you have to work towards that? Was um, that no, kind we, of what we, you wanted. I kind of did it with my old band, the Tall Poppies, as well. We we met weekly and stuff, and but it's I've only it's a really hard thing to do. Like I always, I can't believe how many years it's taken to really get it to a good point where it's like I've always felt like my band members because I've always been the one that sort of pushed for the whole like yeah let's meet meet a day a week and just like you know get things ready and, and not just like book gigs and do administrative stuff and stuff like that but just like hang out watch the video of the gig on the weekend yeah, yeah. you know cook up a lunch together and you know just kind of build on that kind of, that kind of camaraderie thing which is just so important when you're playing in a, in a rock band you know and just mm. like you know there's always a bit of gear that's broken that you got to take down to a music shop and it's a day a week just it absolutely flies like yeah, yeah. you know and yeah I've, I've i think we've only gotten to that point now where it's like it's not like seen as oh it's band meeting day like if, i felt particularly when the static started like we had a bit of a different lineup then too but it, it just felt like it was all right we all meet up on mondays because jerry wanted us to and yeah what do you i must want, have been what, i got that vibe as well what do you want us stage? to do and all that sort of thing yep. and it's like well yeah you can do this and that but you know what do you think we should do mm. you know like sure i'm the singer of the band but yep. you know like take ownership of the band you know like and, and that was the frustrating thing for me with that too, was that like, I knew that people had ideas and, and, yeah. and were creative people and stuff like that, but for whatever reason, they just didn't, um, feel that, that was a space where they would yeah, want yeah. to, um, you know, exercise those, um, passions and, yeah. and, um, and so yeah, you need, you need, uh, proactive people. I mean, like I've, I've had heaps of people offer to, you know, like, oh, if you need any help, you know, I can be your, <laughs> your assistant, you know, one day a month or, yeah, yeah. and I'm like, Unless you're, you know, coming up with what you should do, like, I don't know what to give you. Like, yeah, yeah. there's so many, it's like, what's your job description and you have no idea. Like, yeah. you do everything. So there's, it's impossible for you to go like, oh, this whole section could be given to someone else, but then you have to teach everything, you, you know, you've yeah. learnt over the years. So it's really awesome that you found people that are, are like, you know, able to go, oh, I can handle this bit. Definitely. And, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Huge, like, massive shout out to... to you know, um, it would be really, really rude of me not to mention Pat McKenna here because yeah. Oh, I mean, I want to get Pat McKenna on yeah, the show. Yeah, absolutely. Because but I, just in terms of like you know, I hate to make this sound like um, um, I'm taking all the credit here because mm. I people think that I'm the behind the scenes guy with with the statics, which in one sense I am, but I can tell you without a doubt, like no yeah. one there isn't anyone that's put more hours behind the scenes than, than yeah. Pat McKenna. He just he's just um, yeah, from day dot, he's just been, uh, been and there and done that's so al- much. And that's just... almost unheard of. Like, it's it's always the person who, if not the singer, it's the person who started the band yeah. who, who's doing it, you know? Yep. And just like, and it blows me away that, that it's, it is such a tight-knit group. Mm. And that's, yeah, it's that, that's my favourite part about the statics. And I wasn't, at, um, I was actually watching the Foo Fighters documentary recently. Fuck yeah. Which was inspiring as all Yeah, hell. I want, really want to watch it. Like, I've never been like... 
the Foo Fighters are that funny band. Like I've always liked them and stuff, but I've always been around really obsessive Foo Fighters yeah. fans that have kind of turned me off them. Yeah. But when I did hear about this doc, I was like, I know they do that really well. Yeah, I, yeah, I do yeah. really look forward to seeing it, even though I openly bag the Foo Fighters all the time. And I, yeah. call, I call them the Foo Fighters. Yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah. But like, uh, at the end of the day, they're an amazing band and I do really dig yeah, the Foo yeah. Fighters. Yeah. There's, there's one really annoying part about it and oh, and there's heaps of really cool parts about it. But um, one of the, the most annoying part about it is that like he never quite... I mean, they were massive from the day they started, you know, like they, the day they started, they were everything we dreamed to be, you know, sure. but uh, it, it's almost like the whole documentary is a journey from like them being no one to like, oh, and then, uh, and then by one by one, we, you know, we really started to get some, some speed going and it's like, <laughs> no, no, you didn't. <laughs> you got speed going back at big me years ago. <laughs> and he's kind of like, yeah, well, I was kind of in this band, like a few people heard of him, Nirvana, you know, like... <laughs> I yeah. guess a few people were sort of interested in yeah. hearing what I was doing. That was just annoying. I was like, "You've already made it, man. You know, like this isn't totally, man." But um, the cool thing was he was he said um, but at least sorry to butt you off there. That's all right. Cut you in the other. It reminds me so much of like watching some band docos though, where they do talk about that, where they genuinely were no one, but yeah. then they make it sound like it. It literally was a light bulb that, that went, <laughs> yeah. switched on. Yeah, and suddenly they were massive. I think it was like the the Ting Tings or something like that. Like I always laugh about this with Daniel. He always tells me about this interview where they were like, oh yeah, and we're like playing this like backyard gig at like our friend's place. There's like 10 people there. And then like the next week we're playing at Glastonbury <laughs> Festival yeah. and it was like 200,000 people there. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's when things kicked off and it's like, no, like it yeah. doesn't happen like that. Yeah, I know yeah. it doesn't. I know that's very romantic to make it sound like it does, but I know it doesn't. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the cool, the cool um, thing about it was uh, he, he did say that um, most bands, like you know, like the Statics. He didn't mention the Statics, just in case. Oh, really? Just in case. <laughs> you you got... didn't name <laughs> <laughs> um, You know, they they go through all the um, the growing pains and the and the lineup changes and stuff before anyone knows who they are. Yeah. But unfortunately, you know, Foo Fighters were in the limelight straight away and had to do all that while while whilst being you know totally selling, massive. Yeah, tens of thousands of records. Exactly. And stuff. Yeah. Yeah, because they they've been a solid lineup for years now, haven't they? Like. Yeah. Since I think the. Th- it was the third album. They yeah. were the three piece on the third album, and then fourth album was yeah. the full. Because like the first two or three albums, that was when I was like best friends with this guy that was just like you know bought every B side and was just an obsessive fan and like yeah like it just felt like the Foo Fighters had a new guitarist every month kind of thing you know? yeah, and he'd tell me all about it and um, but yeah that's that's the thing that I love about him now it's like yeah they've obviously got that dynamic and it's just yeah. Wicked, yeah now this might annoy you because of what you said just a second ago but I was actually listening to the new album today and I. I actually have an answer for who do the statics sound like? Oh, who? Foo Fighters. No way. <laughs> you know, that's funny just, you say that. <laughs> today, like just this afternoon, like three hours ago, not yeah. even that, I was with Pat McKenna yep. and we're making our little um, laminate thing to put up in JB Hi-Fi's. Like yep. we've got our A4 laminate, but then there's this little one that's like right next to where the CD is going to sit in the, yep. in, in what it, for the couple of handful of JB stores that will stock our CD. Yeah. Anyway, and... We had like a little quote there, and then I said, "No, nah, no, nah, because it's just gonna be this little thing. Let's just make it like Statics new CD for fans of. You know, I've I've always hated how bands do that, but I was like, fuck it, we'll do it. So yep. we we're like, you know, Blue Light Medic in front of that. I was like, oh, it's in JB. We're gonna have to let's we're gonna have to name some bigger bands that we yep. sound like. You know, and I'm like, and we were struggling to think of an international band yeah. that we would be comfortable liking ourselves. Yep. We were like, 
oh, we could say Jimmy at World, but everyone says that. Yeah, Notice yeah. how like every band in the last 15 years, like yeah. that's melodic and, and and kind of rock. And when they say, who do you sound like? They go, Jimmy at World. And you, and you listen to their music and you go, no, yeah, not it's at all. It's because it's kind of modest because they're not quite, yeah. you know, mass. It's not, it's not like they're going to get a reaction. It's like, fuck you, as if you sound like, like that. Like Red Hot Chili Peppers yeah. or something. Yeah. 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 Um, and... Um, I, neither, neither of us in a million years would have thought of putting Foo Fighters down, but no, I, I really think so. I mean, that's, that's my opinion. But that, um, like, it's an awesome compliment. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but it's like, yeah. um, if someone let's put it this way, if someone came up to me and goes, "Oh, you got to check out my friend's band. They sound heaps like Foo Fighters," I would so not want to watch them. Oh, you know absolutely. what I mean? I'd just be like, "Oh, fuck. but um, uh, but also, there's a friend of mine, Nicholas Roy, who I think you might have met in uh in the past, but um, he has a quote on his website from Richard Kingsmill. Oh, cool. Because he compared himself to Elton John. Oh, okay. And um, and Richard Kingsmill. Oh, like in his little unearthed thing, he wrote um, sounds like yeah, artist yeah, yeah. Elton John. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, And Richard Kingsmill wrote, anyone who's game enough to say they sound like Elton John deserves a listen. And so I was like, oh, well, there's the other side of the coin. Yeah. Is that, you know, say, well, fuck you, you know, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm this good. Fucking nice, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's great. And it's not, it's uh, pretty hard to get anyone from Chibuja, let alone Kingsmill to yeah. review thing. I think Nick Van Breeder something like that happened with his new CD yeah, okay. the other day yeah oh great he was saying like um, I shouldn't be probably speaking about this publicly because I'm not too <laughs> sure but um, yeah they'd, he'd push his song to Jay's and heard nothing back but then it was actually Kingsmill that was like oh no we're listening to it and we're cool. well that's great and he did a review or something yeah um, and what I wanted to talk to you about another thing was uh, it it must be weird to be like this guy who's you know you, you did a crappy band in high school, then you did a, you know, a semi-serious semi band that, you know, was, you know, for all intents and purposes, having to go at it. Sure. And then you went solo and you and you did that quite seriously for a minute and mm. then and then you went really hard at this band and all the time you've had like this level of success that, you know, someone in high school, it's success. You know, mm -hmm. you you know what you're doing and I know, I know that you know what you're doing and I watch you and you blow me away and stuff. But then you open a record store that is by far and away more popular than anything you've ever worked on. <laughs> yeah. Like, what is that like to, like, you run, like, this underground, popular as shit record store that is, like, stocking bands that are much more popular than your bands. <laughs> yeah, and, like, yeah. that must, like, that would grind at me to be like, I've worked so hard at these bands. Yeah, yeah. And now I've just got this record store that sure. is showing off other bands. And I'll, I'll say a couple of things about that. Firstly... Yep. I, ge I know people might think I'm, I'm joking when I say this, but I genuinely, genuinely have n don't appreciate how well-known the store actually is. Like, yep. I just hear these stories of people, like, saying, you know, like, I, I, <laughs> we played this gig in Geelong recently, and there was this awesome dude who came down to see us. He's this young dude, and he's into bands. And I was like, yeah, put him on the guest list. And then I think I might have emailed him or Facebooked him during the week. And, and anyway, we're at this gig, and he goes, oh, I was on your Facebook the other day. And I saw a photo of you at Fist to Face. He's like, do you work there? You know, and, yeah. and, and it, for him, it was just the coolest thing that I worked there. Yeah. And I almost went to say, oh, yeah, man, I run the place kind of thing. But <laughs> yeah. I was just like, yeah, no, nah, yeah, I work there. It's <laughs> awesome. It's a great place to work kind of thing, yeah. you know. like. So first of all, like, I don't realize how much of a, you know, how well it's sort of known out there and stuff like that. Um, but in terms of it, um, when I started Fist to Face and stuff like that, and it's same with, like, I used to put on a lot of all-ages gigs, um, under the name of Wildflower Music and stuff, and and for me it was always like, oh well, I'm, I I'm kind of all right at doing this, and it's it's kind of fun, and it'd be a great way to support my music. Like that was always the the yeah. intention, 
And then it wasn't until like maybe, I don't know, a year or two ago that I realized it works against me <laughs> just as strongly if not more yeah. than I could have ever dreamed it worked for me. Yeah. And I mean, and the way that I mean that is I found so often when I would try and push my music onto someone or get someone interested or whatever, or just anyone in like the wider music scene or whatever, if you said to them, oh, you know, the statics, yeah, they'd go, who? And they'd go, the statics, you know, Jared's band. they go, oh, Gerard from Fist of Faces band. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? Yeah. Like... And, I, I, and I, that would just shit me beyond all, because it's kind of like, oh, the guy that runs Fist of Face and he's got that little band he does on the side, like yep. they do a gig every now and then. It's like, yeah. so it's it works for you in so many ways, but I find it it's worked against me more. And, I, and, and so now I just, at any opportunity, it's always Gerard from the Statics because yep. I'm just, I don't want to be kind of going, oh, I'm driving fist to face. Oh, yeah, and I've got this little band. You should check it. You know, like yep. as if I've got to, got to do that. I'm like, no, nah, I've just got to absolutely go in with like, all guns blazing with, you know, statics is my thing if I'm trying to, I don't know, meet some dude that plays in a band yeah, or fucking whatever, you know, like, because, yeah. And something I really, res I mean, I don't want to pump your tires up too much, but... Oh, please, sorry. go right ahead. <laughs> <laughs> something I really respected from, uh, about you back in the, those Wildflower Music days when I, you know, admittedly didn't know you anywhere near as well as I know you now, um, was you had the opportunity to put yourself on every fucking great mm. bill that came through the door and you you didn't. Like, mm. you, you gave yourself a few good gigs, but it was never like, you know, you had some huge bands coming through there. Yeah, yeah. And it was never, like, you know, more often than not, it wasn't the tall puppies supporting. Sure, sure. And, and I always thought that was brilliant. Like, thanks, uh, man. I'm, it, it, it's sort of like, the, the one gig I always wanted to put my own band on when I used to organise my own gigs and stuff was... I always wanted to like book prom queen or someone and put the statics on or yeah. tall poppies as the main support. And yeah. it just never worked out that way. Like for me, I'd have so much more fun like supporting Parkway Drive and having people throwing bottles at me yeah. Yeah. than supporting Gyroscope who are obviously way more into it. I think yeah. sort of thing. Like the yeah. other day, apparently Parkway Drive is doing a tour at the moment and I think they've called it the Mix and Mash Tour and mm -hmm. eventually purposely put on this big lineup. It's a, like festival hall, like massive venues. Yeah. Um, three, four capacity, three, four thousand capacity rooms, and they've purposely got like you know maybe three hardcore bands mixed in with like two really poppy punk bands or poppy yep. whatever fucking emo bands or whatever. Yeah. And um, and yeah, I was he hearing these stories about how like yeah the main support band who's this really poppy band were getting like shit thrown at them and like booed off stage and yeah. all this sort of thing. And like I was with someone the other day and they were like, oh man, that would just be the worst thing in the world. And I was like. <laughs> That'd be fucking awesome. I don't know what it is about me that just is gravitated towards that. Like, what a yeah. challenge, you know what yeah. I mean? To just go out there and be like, all right, these guys, you'd go out, like you'd be backstage every night being like, these guys are going to hate us, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. if we get anything close to an applause, we have done so well sort of thing. Like, yeah. For me, that's just like an incredible challenge. I don't know, like that sort of thing just really turns me on. It's like yeah. things like the truck at things like that. People are like, you know, what? You know, it's just yeah. like, well, what? why not? You yeah. know, like, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I played an all-ages gig. This is really early on. Like, I reckon I was still in a band at the time. And um, it, the all-ages gig was so hardcore and so mm. sea of black yep. that even my drummer bailed on me. Like, my percussionist bailed really? on me. Like, 10 minutes before. He was before. just like, no, this isn't our yeah, thing. He just, just... He's just like, I can't do this. I literally can't get on stage because it was just a sea of black. Yep. Kid, kids wearing black. And... um. And just hardcore band, yeah. like bookshelving me. And then yep. it was one of the best gigs I've ever played yeah, in my life. Definitely. And, and I reckon it was awkward for maybe 
30 seconds until they were like, oh, this is what this guy does. And, yep. uh, and, and yeah, and, and since then, it's like bring on the And they pick up of, on fear too, like younger audiences. They yeah. pick up on all that sort of thing and they see right through you and you just got to be really honest and transparent with them and stuff like that. And, yeah, and right. we poke a bit of fun sometimes too because we do heaps of all ages gig where we're, like, we're the only like rock band. And it's so funny too because those kids who literally like you ask them, oh, do you like all styles of music? They go, oh, yeah, I like all types of music. I like Prom Queen and Parkway Drive. You know, as if, like, that's all there is sort of thing. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, yeah, there's metalcore, there's deathcore. There's, I'm into, like, I've got a really wide, you know. And then when yeah. a band like The Statics comes along and plays at an all-ages gig, they'll, they'll watch us. And it's always funny because, like, they'll come up and speak to you afterwards and they're like, no, you guys are really different. It was really awesome. You could tell they didn't really enjoy it, but yeah. they're just being polite. Yeah. Or whatever. You're like, yeah. cool, and they yeah, now I love watching a good indie band, you know, and you're like, oh man, like it's it's hardcore or indie, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like that's it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's the other thing, like, um, I I can't help but imagine you'd be seen as some sort of. I remember from when I was younger, going to like the underground record stores and stuff, and seeing these people working in them as like this all-knowing oracle of everything that exists yeah. in the world of music. And That's one of the best things about the Statics playing all ages gigs is I know that half the audience recognise me from fist to face yeah. and they feel almost an obligation to come and see us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I know they're not enjoying it, but I love that. I'm just like, yeah. you know, you f- somehow feel like you've, you've got to you've got to watch us and I'm going to make the absolute most of that. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, it's funny because I'm not... I love that, but then I'm really conscious about putting my own band on the lineups and stuff like that. And yeah. I don't know, it's weird like that. And it's... Same with playing Fist to Face in stores. Like, if you look over all the in stores since Fist to Face has opened, like, yeah, mm. the Statics have played a few times, but I really make a conscious effort to make sure it's not every month or two or something. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, a, it's literally every six to nine months at, at the most, kind of yeah. thing. So. And I mean, a lesser man, a lesser man would have run um, Wildflower Music for six months and played every support and absolute, <laughs> yeah. and pl- absolutely. Burned, oh, it doesn't take long for you network. to get it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It doesn't take long for you to get a reputation as that guy that just puts his own name yeah, on everything. Absolutely. And, and you know, I'd seen it happen, and I was just like, no, nah. I was probably too paranoid in, in hindsight. Definitely. Yeah. Like I remember, yeah, there's a couple of gigs where I was like, man, why, why didn't I put my band on that? Yeah, you know, yeah. That I was like, oh no, I don't want people thinking I'm shit. And blah, yeah, blah, yeah. Blah. But, but, um, so, to what yeah. to what extent do you do you fake it when someone comes in asking for? a particular band or type of music and do you do you admit to just not knowing or do you Absolutely. And the but the thing is you don't need to pretend like you don't need to like I'm always telling my staff like if you don't know something people prefer you to say you don't know than to pretend you do kind of thing. So yeah. um I I know a lot about the bands cuz I'll be like, "Oh yeah, I know that t-shirt, or I know that CD or something like that." But yeah. I don't, you know. But the 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 secret w- this is um a bit of an industry secret I'm going to let out here in the, <laughs> on the w- wide world web. That's is, what this um, show's for. If anyone that feels intimidated by anyone that listens to heavy music whether it be metalcore, you know, old school black metal, anything like that, here's the tip that's going to just keep you safe, right? Anytime someone like that speaks to you being like, "Oh, so do you listen to like heavy metal or whatever it might be?" The answer is brutal right you slip a brutal in there scene points Cha-ching! right did you see parkway last week oh man you didn't even have to say you were there yeah. heard it was brutal <laughs> dude heard it was brutal and they're like oh dude it was oh, it was um, and they walk in oh have you got the new uh bleeding through album yeah man i've heard it's pretty brutal i didn't i'm not saying i like it i'm yeah. not saying i've heard it either yeah i've heard it's brutal though <laughs> There's the secret. Can their t-shirts be brutal? Oh, brutal design, that one. <laughs> brutal. <laughs> That's the best. I don't, it's, a, it's a great, uh, yeah, it's a great trick. You just, yeah. 
respected straight away. Yeah, I mean that's that's the experience you can't you can't buy. You got to earn a store to get that sort of experience. Um, so uh, this is a bit of a serious question. What do you reckon? Oh. What do you reckon? Like the the what do you? Because you said you mentioned um, you know you didn't want to look like too much of a dick mm. by putting your band on and stuff. What do you reckon the public sort of like other bands and stuff? Uh, the the perception of you is? Do you reckon of me or the statics? You. Because, like, uh, oh, you know, from my point of view, like, before I knew you really well, you were, you were, you know, Taskmaster Jared, <laughs> you know? And then I, you know, I got to know you, and you, it's clearly, you know, there's a clearly beautiful up. man underneath that. <laughs> yeah, just somewhere in amongst... Um, <laughs> and your bandmates would obviously know, know otherwise. Yeah, yeah. So I just... Oh, uh, depends which ex-bandmates <laughs> you talk to, I suppose. Yeah. Um, oh, no, like, I've learned so much over the years. I mean, yep. like, I'm... I'm the first to put my hand up to say I was I was I was a horrible band member. Yeah, for so many years there. Yeah, okay. Um, not with the statics. I don't I, I don't believe in even, even though maybe uh, previous members might uh, tell you differently, and that's that's fine. But um, yeah, particularly with the tall hobbies, I am absolutely the first to put up my hand, and that's the the therapeutic thing about being able to play this one off gig with the tall hobbies soon. It's kind of like you know we can put a few of those things to to bed, but um, um. But yeah, I was a fucking horrible band member, you know. Mm, like yep. I was, I was a really horrible, um, shit dude, and um, I just didn't know that balance at all between yeah, like you know, really like um, um, enjoying each other's company, but also still like working towards something or whatever. But yeah, I kind of got distracted by how horrible I was. I can't just remember what the question was. <laughs> how do other people see me? Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. well, how do you think they do? Oh, how 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 do I think people look at me? Um, do you, yeah, do you I, think there's an air of, you know, you know, that person thinks I'm arrogant, you know, do you have any sort of, do you think about that sort of thing when you, when you're approaching a conversation with a guy that you've met before or whatever? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, there's definitely a fair bit of that. Um, do you play up to it? Like if you know someone, if you know someone maybe, you know, has said shit about you or doesn't, doesn't think that, that night, that kindly yeah. towards you, do you, do you play against that or, or for it? You... Oh, I always like, I'm always super nice to those people. Yep. Like, yeah, yep. I, I, I love, like, I'll, I'll make an effort to go and talk to them if I know they don't like me, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, cause I know it's more uncomfortable for them than it is for me. Absolutely. So. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I guess the most people would see me as like, yeah, that like control freak, uh, you yeah. know, lead singer dude, and um... and that's what I think is really sorry to cut you off, but mm. that's what I think is really good about <clears throat> what I've seen of you lately is that it, that's out the window to me, mm. and it might just because I be because I know you, but <clears throat> like I think even to a, a, a new onlooker watching the statics now, it's not like that guy's clearly in control. It's yeah. like this whole thing is awesome and they're, they're having a great time. Definitely. Definitely. That that's really, that that's really changed my perspective, even watching you, even Definitely. now that I know you. Oh yeah. Like, um, yeah, the last like year or so, it's, it's a, it's a combination of me. Yeah. Like learning a lot about that sort of stuff, but, but yeah, also just having really rad, rad dudes. I mean, like Arlo in particular, like, you know, you just can't find a better dude to be in a band with in terms of just, he's, you know, we've been playing with him a couple of years and like, He's never once brought his attitude to one gig, one rehearsal, anything. Yep. He's just, you know, and sometimes he might be going through a really, really shit time, but, and you know that, but he's, you know, he just fucking gets on with the job and he's just a great dude and just, he's there to, for a great time. So yep. yeah, it's just a combination of really, bunch of really great dudes and, and, um, you know, me trusting them that they're awesome and them trusting me a fair bit too, you know, so. And, um, you joined a band on guitar. A little, uh, maybe three or four years ago, maybe five years ago, even. 
a little uh, a little little known band called Atlanta Lies. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> when you started that, I was like, he's not gonna. No, he's not talking about that, is he? No, I am because I I uh, saw the I don't know what he what he does, and I saw one of the members of the band um, a little while ago, and he's like. He asked me how you were as though you were old buddies and then like, I didn't know why. And I'm like, you don't know Jared that well, do you? And then, and it all came flooding back when he's like, oh, when he was in Atlanta Lies, he was crazy. And I was like, oh, what was that like? So this is a band that you had nothing to do with and then you just joined on guitar to what? Oh, I didn't join. I don't know if I ever properly joined or anything like, but it was after the Tall Poppies, me being the super control freak dude that was like doing everything and and you know my band members resenting me because I was such a cunt and yeah. and all of that and you know me being like heartbroken by by that and you know why don't these guys want to be in a band with me all I do is yell you know mm. all, all I ever did was yell at them I, I thought people liked that you know <laughs> um, but coming from that to yeah like you know uh, young Davy Davy Nordoff and <laughs> and um and and Timmy you know they were they were uh, fans of the Poppies and then they were starting their band up. Um, I can't remember what they were called to start with, and Benny was in the band, and then they needed a new guitarist, and they're like, oh, we're thinking you could join, and I was like, oh, I'm not really looking to like join a band or anything, but if you want me to just play guitar and yeah, yeah. and whatever, and, and then I thought, oh shit, maybe they just want me to like run it, and you know, yep, and I made it really clear to them, I was like, oh, if if you if you're wanting me to organise stuff, like that's not gonna yep. happen, kind of thing. I like, know, no, that's cool, and they were really good about it, like yeah, they were like, and I was like, cool, well, I'm gonna turn up and. I'm going to be that guy. Like I just wanted to be that guy. Yep. Like the, and it's the only band I've ever been that guy for where I was always that control freak guy running everything and getting annoyed at that guy that turns up late and drunk and doesn't care and fucking chicks and all that sort of thing. And yep. like, and that was basic. I don't know how long I was in that band for, but I don't remember ever turning up on time. Yep. I was just like every gig getting as drunk as I could just, being so the you... most difficult band member ever, and yep. I, I could just see it in their eyes sometimes, being like, "God, it's cool having this. <laughs> it's really cool having Jared in the band." But gee, we didn't realize he was this like out of control kind of thing. Like I was just that loose member. Like yeah. I remember being in the studio. We recorded a demo with Damien Calf, <laughs> and so we did the drums first and the bass, and it gets to my guitar part, and I'm doing like the simplest of simple rhythm parts. Mm. And by this stage, I drank like three quarters of a slab, I reckon. And just could not get this line down. And you know when you're in the studio and you're obviously drunk and you think you're you're believing in your ability way more than you actually (laughs) have, you know. And I reckon for about an hour and a half, this one part, I was just like, no, Damien, one more take. I've got it now. I've got it, you know. And it was just like, fuck up again. All right. And then finally, like you could tell the other guys were thinking it, but they didn't have the, the courage to say anything. But Dave, Dave was like, you could see in his eyes, like, just get Damien to do it. Just get Damien to do it. And then finally, Damien goes, do you just want me to do it? I'm like... Fuck, fine, whatever you do it. <laughs> Did it in one take, and then spent like an hour and a half trying to do it. I would have never done it. I was just getting more and more drunk and yeah, frustrated. Yeah. But um, so did you do it on purpose for perspective? You reckon, like a different? Oh, definitely. Look at a different that angle? I went yeah. in with a clear intention. Yeah, absolutely. I, I went into that band going, I am gonna be the biggest cunt ever. Yeah. Yep. And do you think that in the in the end kind of helped you be less of a cunt? Along yeah. The way? Yep. It did. Because you kind of understood the the drunk member a yeah. little more. Yeah. You got inside his head. Put inside his head and <laughs> fucked with him. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm I'm glad it had a it had a purpose. Yeah. Yeah, that old stint. Um God, I can't believe you brought that up. That's so weird. Yeah. Well, it's actually I was thinking before cuz I have I don't have anything. I only have like things written down that are like escape moments, you know, like if mm. if if we get to an end of a conversation and I I feel like it's lulling, I've got like 
things I wanted to mention. That wasn't even on there. But um, I've noticed you're actually quite a professional when it comes to um, interviews because you've mentioned two things that are quite poignant to actually talk about, like the truck thing and the, the Tall Poppies reunion mm. coming up, as though, like, if this was a radio show, yep. you're, like, trying to steer it yeah, to, yeah. like... Oh, let's talk about that. Yeah, let's talk. But I'm like, I'm not gonna let. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna let you steal <laughs> this fucking bitch. interview. <laughs> um, but also, I uh, I wanted this to, to to not so much be a promotion, but mm-hmm. more of a, a chat and definitely. Uh, the per- so, uh, June eleventh. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> um, because yeah, I think Just the face dot Because this is most likely the first the first episode. Question mark the settings. <laughs> <laughs> this is most likely the first episode, so I uh, I want um. I think the show is going to be more of a, hopefully, sort of an informative kind Definitely. of. Definitely. Like this is what. And it's. people will respond to it more that way. Exactly. Too, you yeah. Because they're not feeling like they're getting something forced down their throat. Yeah. And, and also, I didn't. I don't. I. You, you are launching your EP on yeah. on June. And 11th. even though it's an amazingly great valued CD, really for six <laughs> tracks and ten dollars, there's a bonus uh, acoustic. <laughs> and, but the the good thing is that I'm not here to, to sell that whatsoever. Exactly. And yeah. yeah. And the thing. Uh, the thing about that too is because I'm worried I might not actually get this up before that date's gone, uh, and yes. then it's like, well, that's okay because actually it? it's, it's, it's still funny you mention that we've that. still yes. got we've got a follow up EP. And did I mention oh. that the artwork actually? Uh, yeah, no. Worries. I thought joined. Yeah, oh, that's right. You've got joining artwork. You've spent a lot of time on the artwork. I see. Um, I you have totally got my permission to edit that last two minutes. <laughs> no, out. I'm kidding. No, it's, it's great stuff. Um, so why do you do it, man? It's because it's. I think that's going to be my. Um, mm my resounding question um i do it for a couple of reasons um i'm not a musician it took me so many years to realize that i'm not a musician i never practiced as a guitarist i still only know how to play the same four chords that i learned when i was in grade six yep so for so long i was like i'll do it because i'm in it for the music not necessarily like i fucking love music yeah but for me, it's so much more about the adventure, you yep. know, and it's about the, um, you know, um, the camaraderie, camaraderie of, of being in a band and just w- working towards something. And, and, you know, you've obviously got big aspirations, but it's not even necessarily about making a certain point or, you know, being uh, the biggest band in the world or anything like that. But f- for me, my, I, my idea of success for the statics would be to, to leave a body of work. Yep. Um, and hopefully have that have some sort of in, in, impact on the world, of course. But um, you know, so many bands n- never even get to make a, an, an album. You Absolutely, know? yeah. So uh, first of all, that's like, oh great, we've ticked that box. But you know, I think it was maybe as we were making our second one, I remember that thought sort of just popping in my head, like, wow, you know, like that's such a cool thing to be able to leave a, a body of work, you know, whether yep. it be three, four, five albums, you yep. know, and um, particularly with the same people as well. I think that's mm. there's really something special about that so you know this is our second record with the same um lineup and and you know if we could make you know more than that that's just an amazing thing you know so um that's that's definitely it for me and it's it's um um yeah it's it's just the adventure i guess yeah Yeah, great I, i think i think also people get too caught up on on the aspirations to like actually acknowledge that they do have some like whatever small amount of hometown success like you do have you know two records out another one on the way mm. and you do have people who actually give a shit and buy it and come to shows and like regardless of whether there's you know a hundred at one show and then three at the next like you do have 
you do have success and you have had success and mm. and I think too many people get caught up on the um you know, oh we're still not there yet. Mm. So like they're never actually happy and Yeah. And like I you know, I'm I'm not where I want to be yet, but sure. but I'm totally I'm not the depressed guy I was, you know. Sure. Like I'm not going, Oh, I'm not famous yet, you know, because like, yep. what the hell's the point of that? I'm probably never gonna be. So sure. just enjoy the fact that there's yeah, one a, person listening in the Netherlands. I wish you we know? could talk for two hours about that exact yep. point right there. Yep. Yeah, it's sort of like that I've always had a saying of um always happy, never satisfied. Yep. Um, you know, sort of approach to life and Yep. And um but having said that I genuinely I'm not happy with, with, um, where we are like success wise. Okay. I, I really genuinely say that. And yep. like, um, you know, I know that there's some people who show somewhat of an interest in us, which, which is, which is awesome. But, um, for me, I will never, never be happy with, with aesthetics until we at least make just some sort of an impact. You know, for me, it's, you know, going into that, um, yeah, you know, just, just breaking that. It doesn't have to be thousands of people coming to your shows, mm. right? but just, a, 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 I don't know. It's a, you know, you don't want to put it like a, a you know, on, when I start having an average of uh, 104 <laughs> people turning up to my gigs, I'll be happy sort of thing, you know. Yeah. But I, but just even like you don't have to stress about the amount of people coming. You know that there's going to be, yeah. you know, upwards of 70 because you just are the statics. And I think that, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's basically that. It's <clears> like you want, you know, you'd, you'd love to be able to have like minimum of a hundred people turning up to your, yeah. to your gigs on a consistent basis sort of thing. And, yeah, and to yeah, be yeah. able to tour around and sort of sustain yourself on it. And that's the thing. The other thing that a lot of bands, particularly rock bands, just don't understand is there's probably so many artists out there that are so much more financially stable that have 150 people seeing them consistently than bands that have that play to a thousand capacity rooms that have six guitar techs merch yep. person tool manager you know yep. hairstylist all that sort of stuff you know what I mean and it's just so, I really hope that we can get just that at least that little bit of success because I think that we're smart enough to really know how to make that work for us mm, yep. and um, mm. because we're not dickheads with our gear and we're not like oh I have to fly my six guitars around and my like massive pedal board and this and that and blah 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 yeah. I really genuinely feel that we could sustain that and not sort of get let it be this big thing if we yeah. can sort of take off a little bit because we're yeah. like oh cool we can just still do what we do we just play to a few more people and it's a bit easier now and we might not have to actually spend all the money out of our own pockets might yeah, actually yeah. Get, have it you know I think just to have it sustain itself I guess is just a really that's a big sort of uh, you know goal of mine more than a yeah. dream you know yeah, 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 dream is sort of obviously playing like you know big festivals and stuff like Absolutely. that but a, a goal is kind of like yeah more like having it uh, yeah being sort of somewhat financially you know sustainable mm. well I was speaking to um uh, Sean Carey from the ex-guitarist from Thirsty Merc oh yeah <clears throat> and he was around when they just when they blew up he, yep. I think he didn't play on the first album I might get this wrong I don't think he played on the first album but was their guitarist like straight after. the album yeah, yeah, yeah. toured the album and um and yeah I, I we we had a mutual friend at the time and and we and I only discovered this recently so I mentioned it to him and I was like oh you know so and so she knew you at you know during that tour and and we kind of knew you by osmosis and then we were shattered because you were massive and she was our <laughs> friend and we wanted to be the massive band and yeah yeah and um and he was just like do and they had like seven singles off that album or something like wow. something ridiculous and he yeah. was just like dude we were broke like yep i was starving at every stop you know like just wishing someone would give me a sandwich sure and it's just that's just crazy to think about like mm. they were all over the radio and i guess you know your, your royalty checks not come until november sure. you know sure and it's just like it's crazy that um just the financially stable thing is like just being able to manage 
something exploding like that would totally would, yeah you, there's a lot of planning that needs to go in at the ground roots level absolutely like where you are right now yeah um well thanks for talking man dude it's been thoroughly enjoyable and they can uh buy your music from where uh some websites probably got it <laughs> <laughs> awesome thanks, you know man. the funny thing is <laughs> on that actually is um like we're obviously going to be selling the record at my record store and everyone's like, oh, dude, when have you got, have you got the copies down at the store? I keep on saying, oh, can you get it from JP Hi-Fi? Like, <laughs> once again, I'm just like fucking shooting myself in the foot. Yeah. Like I kind of want that activity to be happening in the, yeah, in the other absolutely. stores and stuff like that. Yeah, every like, other CD in history, you're like, order it through me, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you going to JP? Well, you told us to for the statics <laughs> thing. We figured it was the thing to do. Uh, um, so, um, yes, JB Hi-Fi, hopefully. Awesome. Cool, man. So that was my uh, first ever episode with uh, Jared Pedoto. If you have a CD or some merchandise from a band that you love that you want to purchase for yourself or a friend, Make sure you go to www.fist2face.com.au. They're supporting local artists and you should support them. Even if you're not local, they'll deliver it to you anywhere. Um, if you want to buy a Bronny CD from there, go forth and uh, purchase. Um, and also the Statics. Purchase a Static CD off, uh, off fist2face.com.au. They just released their new EP um, and it's great. This song playing in the background is one of the songs off it. Um, so that was my first episode as I've mentioned repetitive much um, thank you for sticking by it's a long one um, you know it, it, we're having a chat they're all probably going to be long um, and look I'm going to get better we're going to grow together so make sure you come back next week I hope um, and we can we can do this together we can grow together thank you uh, and I'll see you next week when I can bother you some more <laughs>